are in week number three of our series through the book of Galatians. And if you want to grab your message notes, we're going to get right into the message today. We've been looking at Paul's letter to the churches of Galatia. We've been looking at how he was encouraging them about the grace of God. There was a group of people, a group of people that were Jewish Christians that still practiced the law of Moses. And what they were trying to get these Christians in Galatia to do was to have Jesus. Yes, that's good, but Jesus is not enough. They were trying to add in some of the Jewish laws like circumcision for them to be saved. And Paul writes a letter to them talking about the grace of God and saying simply that there's really two brands of Christianity, that there is one that's kind of what you do for God, and then there's another, um, it's focused on what God has done for us. And if you missed that, we talked about that in week one, about the two trees, the two choices that we have to make in our relationship with God. And then last week, we talked about the gospel. Paul takes a whole chapter, chapter three, and just talks about what the gospel is, and we looked at that, about the power of the gospel. And then in chapter four, we're going to look at this today, and the concept that Paul shares in this chapter, honestly, it's, it's life-changing. It changes everything about how we approach God. Like if there's one message that I could preach, like one concept um, that I could preach, it would be on this right here. And I'm so glad you're here today uh, because what, what Paul's about to talk to us about God is, is so powerful. If you have your message notes, turn to Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4. It says simply this. When the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy what? Freedom. For who? For us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts prompting us to cry out, Abba, Father, or simply, Daddy. It's like the most endearing term. Verse 7, now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. I want to talk today about what it means to be a child of God. Paul writes to the Galatian church, the purpose of the gospel, the purpose of the cross was simply this, so that you could go from being a slave to a son, that you could go from being an employee to an heir, so that everything in your life, your motivation would change because you have a different relationship now. You see, a slave has a master, but a son has a father. God represents himself to us as a dad, as a father, as a parent in our lives. I thought it was so appropriate on Mother's Day. Because the relationship that a parent has with a child is one of the strongest relationships on planet earth. And maybe today is an exciting day for you because of all that Mother's Day means and you're excited. And maybe today is a hard day for you because of a loss or because of a strained relationship. But weather is a wonderful day 
or a difficult day, those relationships with our parents change us. It's the closest relationship that we have. And God says of all things that he wants to relate to us as, he wants to relate to us as a parent or as a father instead of an employee, instead of a slave. You know, a lot of times we have the kind of mentality toward God, and these are what the Galatians were dealing with. They have the mentality toward God like God's the master and I'm the slave. I'm, I'm the servant, so what, what can I do? You know, like, 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 I don't know if you've ever had a kind of a demanding boss. You know, you're, you're kind of on eggshells. Is everything going to be okay? If I make a mistake, am I going to get fired? If I ever work for somebody like that, like they let you know you're not on secure ground. Like if you make one more mistake, you're going to be out of the team. You're going to be, uh, you know, you're, you're not going to be hired anymore. You're not going to have a job anymore. Like, like you better perform if you want to stay on the team. And a lot of people have the same mentality when it comes to their relationship with God. Like, like they, they got to perform. They got to do something to be able to earn their relationship with God. To be able to earn their access to God. And I even heard a story of a church in Mexico that literally the people walk to church on their knees. Like the whole way to church, they just, they just crawl on their knees the whole way. And they say that there's, there's literally blood trails from all of the different roads that they go you know, to, to, to get to church. And they, they do this kind of as an act of penance toward God. You know, and just kind of just, just crawling up to the master. And I believe that's the wrong heart and spirit about what God is looking for. Because the way he wants to represent himself to us is a father. A loving father. A daddy that parent relationship that's so, so close. Not something that you earn or deserve, but something that you've received. Something that you're a part of. And it'll change everything about you. So I, I pray for somebody today that you'll get a new perspective about who your God is and who you are because of who he is. I got thinking, what, what does it mean to be a child? Like, what does it mean... What's the benefits of being a child? What's the benefits of being part of a family? Here's the first benefit of being a child is simply this, access. If you're a child of God, you have access to God. As a kid, you have access to your parents. You know what? My kids never worry about me sleeping at night. They're never like, oh, dad's had a hard day. We better not wake him up tonight because we had a bad dream. And, you know, but I'm just going to be here in my bed, you know, because dad had a hard day. No, they will bust into my room at any given time with no explanation. They just have open access. They will go to the cupboards of my house and this, you know, they didn't buy one grocery and they'll swing open the doors and they'll get whatever they want and they'll dump the cereal out on the floor, expect me to clean it up. I mean, I mean, the, the, the nerve that these two little rugrats have for me, you know, and, 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 you know, you have access. I got thinking about my parents. You know, I don't ever worry about having access to my parents ever. You know, I could call my parents at all times, at any time. I've called my parents in the middle of the night, not even worried about it. I'm like, oh, I, I shouldn't call. They're asleep. No, if I'm going through something, they're my parents, and I'm going to call my mom because she's going to be here. She's going to be wherever I need her to be. Why? Because I have access to her, because she's my parent. I, I saw a 
this picture this week that I thought illustrated this so well. This is John F. Kennedy and his son in the Oval Office. And I got thinking how much of a picture of God's grace and a picture of being a child of God this is. Can you imagine how difficult it would be for somebody to get in the Oval Office if they weren't invited there? You know, could you imagine how difficult it would be if you just said, I'm going to go to the Oval Office today? Well, you probably would get shot today if that's what you wanted to do to get in the Oval Office. Why? Because you don't have access to the Oval Office. You don't have access there. But if your dad is the one with the desk, you You have all the access that you need. Like, I love this picture because John F. Kennedy Jr. is just playing under the desk. You know, like his dad's, you know, dealing with the, you know, the the weight of the world. But he's just sitting there at his feet playing with access in the Oval Office. Guys, do you understand that your father has access, you have access to the most powerful being in all the universe? Like you have access to a heavenly father that loves you, that, that, can, that, that, that set the stars in their place, that set the planets in their orbit, like you have access to him? Like you have unlimited access to uh, your heavenly father. So that means whatever you have need of, you don't have to beg and plead to get God to, 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 to bow his ear down to you. Absolutely not. Like the Bible says that he's as close as the mention of his name. Maybe you say, I've made too many mistakes for God to love me now, for me to have access to him now. I want to tell you it's not true. On your worst day, you still have access to your God because he loves you, because he cares about you. That's why Hebrews says that we need to come boldly. We can come boldly to the throne of our gracious God that there we will receive his mercy and find grace to help us when we need it the most. I love that. We have access to God. Like you don't have to be at church to have access to God. You can be driving down your road, have access to God. Why? Because you're his child. Because he loves you that much. Because you're not a slave anymore. You're not just an employee bugging him. Oh, I don't want to bother you, God. Be like your parent, like your kids every time they talk to you. Or you're, oh, I don't want to bug. I don't want to bug. I don't want to bug. No, no, no. I live for this. Like this is, this is what I love. You have access to God. Here's the second thing. You have identity. Because you're a child of God. You have an identity because you're a child of God. Galatians 3.26 says, For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. In other words, you got a new identity. You have a brand new life. Like you, you took off those old clothes of sin, of your old nature, of that slave nature that you had. And man, now you put on a brand new clothes, the clothes of Jesus. And all who have been united with Christ in baptism have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. And when we come to Christ, Paul was trying to say, when you come to Jesus, you get a brand new identity identity. When you come to Jesus, you have an identity that changes everything. You know, my parents gave me an identity. They, they named me. 
that, that they gave me a name that, that, that no one else can change. Like, no matter if you like it or not or what other people think about my identity, they can't change my identity because my identity was set years ago by my parents. And I want you to know it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks about you. It doesn't matter what other people's opinion of you are. You have an identity that's been set by a loving Heavenly Father that cares about you, that you are a child of God. And that's where your identity lies, not in what other people think about you, but what God thinks about you like maybe you have an identity in this world but God has an identity that's greater than this world the Bible says in Revelation that one of the things God's going to give to us when we get to heaven is a white stone with a new name on it I love that I don't know exactly what it means that's why I love the book of Revelation like I don't know exactly what all that means you know but but here's what I know that God holds an identity that's greater than any identity a person put on my life. Maybe you had an identity put on you where someone said you were stupid or you were not enough or you were someone that wasn't beautiful or maybe you have an identity that you've received on you. I want to tell you, your identity has nothing to do with with how you look. Your identity has nothing to do with your sexuality. Your identity has nothing to do with what anybody else says about you. Your identity has everything to do with what God says about you. Like you are a son and a daughter of the king and that's where your identity lies. Somebody say amen. amen. I'm excited this morning if you can't tell. Because that's where our identity is. There's something powerful when you know who you are. Like when you know who you are and you know who your daddy is. Like you know who your mama is. You know like don't mess with me because I know who I am. Like, like my dad will beat up your dad. You ever, you ever seen that? All the guys like, like my mama. Don't you, don't you be talking about my mama now. You know. You know, you could talk about everybody, but you don't talk about my mama. Why? Because I got an identity. You know, that's my mama. You know, that's, that's mine. And what God's trying to say, I want you to understand who you are. Like, don't walk into your world with your head down about who you're not because you're a child of the king. Like, you walk in there realizing that you have all the authority of Almighty God in you. Like, the kingdom of God is walking into your workplace on Monday morning. You walk in there with your head held high knowing who you are in Christ. Like I am somebody, not because of who I am, but because of who he is. Like my identity is found in the fact that I'm a child of God. I was at a conference about a year ago. I was talking to a friend of mine who had planted a church and had done so well. I said, man, give me some advice. Give me some advice about planting a church. And I thought he was going to tell me some kind of practical thing that I needed to do to be a better, you know, communicator or marketer or whatever. He said, Brandon, here's what I would do. He said, I'd wake up every day realizing I was a beloved son of God. In other words, it has nothing to do with your performance as a person. Whatever your work is that you do, even moms, maybe you look at, you're, what's going on right now and you're just busy and just feel like, am I making them, like, am I a good mom? I saw a statistic this past week that said most moms, their biggest question is, how am I doing? I just want to tell you, you're doing awesome. Just don't stop. Just keep on trusting God. Realize your identity's in Christ, not in anything else that's external that's happening in your life. That's where your identity is held. I love it. Here's 
The third thing that we have in Christ is we have an inheritance. Oh, I love this. You ever wonder what it's like to just be like a kid of like some super rich person, you know? Like, what would it be like to have that kind of an inheritance, right? Well, I was reading Galatians, and it says this. It says, you now belong to Christ, verse 29 of Galatians 3. You are the true children of Abraham, and you are his heirs. It's a fancy way of saying you get the inheritance. You're an heir of God's promise, and the promise of Abraham belongs to you. Romans chapter 8, verse 17. I don't believe it's in your notes, but it says... If if we are truly children of God, then we're heirs of God. And get this, co-heirs with Christ Jesus. And that's another one of those, I don't know even what that means. Like what is it? That's like my brain would like explode. Because how much is the inheritance of Jesus? Like how blessed is Jesus? How favored is Jesus? Like, how great is Jesus? And God says, by faith in Christ, you talk about amazing grace, that by our just simple faith and trust in him, we get to be an inheritance, we get to be an inheritor of all God's promises, like the promises of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and even a co-heir with Jesus Christ himself. Guys, we have a lot to be thankful for to be children of God. We have an inheritance. We are blessed because of what the family we've been brought into. We are blessed not because of who we are, but because of who we're connected to. You understand what I'm saying? John chapter 15, Jesus says that I'm the vine and you are the branches. That in other words, we are blessed not because of who we are. We're just a branch. I've never seen a branch all by itself say, oh, I'm just going to disconnect from the vine. You know, or imagine this, a tree out here says, I'm just going to, Jump out of the soil, you know, because I can do things better on my own. You know, I'm going to get a car and I'm going to go driving down, you know, downtown Knoxville. No, the tree understands that unless it stays connected to the source, then it's not going to live. And we are blessed not because of who we are. We're blessed because we're connected to a blessed tree. We're blessed because we've been connected to Jesus Christ. We're blessed because of whose we are. John 15 goes on to say that, that he says, whoever bears fruit, he says, I will prune them so that they could bear more fruit. And a lot of times I think we think to ourselves, huh, inheritance would be great. Like that sounds really great, preacher. But you look at your life, you don't feel like you have much of an inheritance. You, don't, you just look at all the problems and the bills and the issues and the all issues and issues. and issues. You just look at all that. You say, I don't really feel blessed. I want you to know that there are times in our walk with God where we get cut back sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Like, this isn't kind of preaching that, that gets people shouting, you know, because, you know, we want to say, oh, God's going to always bless you. It's going to be amazing, and the favor, the favor of God's going to be on your life. That's good preaching. But I want to tell somebody, you can get cut back and pruned sometimes and still be in the favor of God. Why? Because your favor has nothing to do with what you're producing and everything to do with what you're connected to. Connected to a vine. Connected to an inheritance. You know, I got this word in my spirit all week long. The Bible says that it does not yet appear what we shall be. 
But when we see him, we shall see him just as he is. In other words, that, that right now, it may not look like I have much of an inheritance. Right now, I may be dealing with some difficulties. But when God's done with me, and whenever I stand before him someday, then I'm going to be like he's called me to be. In other words, like there's an inheritance, there's a blessing, and just don't stop short. Just stay connected to everything God's calling you to do because his favor's still on your life. Don't, don't, don't get upset whenever God starts taking people and things out of your life. Don't hold on to the things that God's trying to take out of your life because many times he's trying to prune those things away so that he can bring even more fruitfulness and more inheritance into your life. So just stay faithful and stay connected because you're blessed because you're a child of God. You're a son, you're a daughter of the most high God and nothing can change that. No debt can change that. No wrong decision can change that. No troubled past can change that. No difficulty can change that. Like God's favor is on your life today. (laughs) Because you're his child. I love it. Here's the fourth thing, security. I gotta say it, security. If you knew all the things that went through my mind that I don't say, you'd be real impressed with me. <laughs> Romans 5.1 says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. You know, some, I grew up a lot of my life not feeling like I had peace with God. Like not feeling like I had any security, like... I'm just a worker in the family business. Like if I miss another day, like he's going to give me the pink slip. Like if I make another mistake, he's going to give me the pink slip. Like I'm not going to be around if I, if I make another mistake. And God says, no, no, no. Because you're a child, you have security. I, I, you know, my, my sons, I don't look at them and say, you know what, you know, one more mistake and you're out, you know, you're, you're going to have to make your own oatmeal in the mornings. You know, one more, one more mistake, you're going to have to go get your own job, you know, two-year-old uh, little boy. You know, you need to change your own diapers. You know, you need to do this all year. No, 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 no. They're, they're my son. That, that's, 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 they're securely my son. I want you to know that even on your worst day, you're, you're, you're still like God, God hasn't thrown you away. You know, God's, maybe, maybe you're questioning some things in your life right now. Maybe you don't exactly um, feel like everything's just going great, but just keep on trusting because you're securely part of the family. And part of the family, you know that he's working all things for your good, even whenever you don't understand it. Why? Because there's, you, the, he's, he's yours and you're, you're his. He's, he's a father. Here's, so here's, here's some thoughts I want to give you before we go today on the back of your notes. It's simply this. So see God as a good father. When you, when you hear the word God, what do you think of? Like if you closed your eyes, why don't we do this? This is good. Why don't you close your eyes? I say God. What do you see? That's the most important thing about who you are. How you see your God. Paul told this church, I want you to see him as a good father. I want you to see as somebody, not just somebody there looking down and saying, well, you better obey. But, but daddy. Like, God's saying, when you come to me, you can call me daddy. 
that's weird for some of us here today because maybe you had a bad relationship with your dad. Maybe you had a difficult relationship with your father. God's trying to say, hey, I want to be the father that you never had. I want you, I want to be that, that daddy. You can just jump up in my lap. Everything's going to be all right. Like, I love you. I don't want you to just come to me when you're going through stuff. I just want you to come to me just because you love me. Like, tell me how your day went. Tell me what's going on. Because I'm a, I'm a good father. That's what Jesus said. Which one of you, if you ask his son, asked you for bread, you're going to give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, you're going to give him a snake? He says, if you're evil and you know how to give good gifts to your kids... How much more is your heavenly father want to give good things to you? Like he's a good dad that loves you and it cares about you. And what do you see him? Do you see him some big faithless thing in the heavens somewhere? He said, no, no, no. See me as this smiling dad. Like, come on. Hop up in my lap. I love you. I believe in you. I'm here for you. I'm proud of you. That's what God wants to be. We need that in our lives. There's something, there's something, the vo- we need that voice of affirmation, whether you're young or old, rich or poor. We all need that Father's voice, that voice from God saying, Son, daughter, I love you. Here's the second thing see yourself as an adopted child. Romans 8. Verse 15 says, the spirit you receive does not make you slaves. That's what the Galatians were dealing with. They were going back to this religious type slavery so that you'll live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. See yourself as an adopted child. This is one of those stories that gets recycled a lot here at City Hills. If you've been around a while, you'll, you've probably heard it a couple times. But anytime I hear the word adopted and deal with this concept in the Bible, I can't help but think about 11 years ago, whenever my mother-in-law adopted um, my wife's cousin. He was born in, um, into some difficulty and my mother-in-law wanted to adopt him. And uh, our family was so excited about it. And it took a process and it took time. Here's what I know about adoption is that nobody ever accidentally adopts a child. Like, you may accidentally get pregnant, but I've never met anyone who accidentally adopted somebody. Like, man, I was down partying last Saturday night. I adopted five kids. Never once. Why? Because adoption is intentional. And adoption takes time. And adoption has a cost. It took about a year for this adoption process to take place. And all the different people would come to the house and interview our family. And interview my mother-in-law and all these things. And when the day came for that adoption to be settled... Never forget, it was just a courtroom full of people in this little, 
you know, year and, you know, half beautiful little baby boy just crying and laughing and having no clue what was happening all around him. And we sit through that, you know, to the, through the judge speaking. And, um, you know, I'll never forget, he just, boom, puts the gavel down and pronounces him to be adopted and part of the family. And all of us are, Woo! you know, we're all so happy. And then I look at him, and he's just oblivious to what has just happened. He's just sitting there crying, sitting there playing. And that picture will ever be in my mind because... I don't think I could ever fathom what God did when he adopted me. I don't think I could ever fathom the grace that it took when that gavel fell. And he said, hey, I'll take Brandon. And I won't marry Joe. Jimmy, that's who I want. I believe in, he's got a great plan. And, and Ashley, Jorge. Like, it's no accident that you're here today. God adopted you. And I want you to know, if you haven't given your life to Him, you can today. Because there's no accident that you're here. He's calling you. He's drawing your life. Because here's the big idea of today is simply this relationship changes everything. So I love about Mother's Day. Mom's in my heart. My mom is in my heart. I have a relationship. God says, I want to be in your heart. I want to have a relationship that's not just a Sunday morning religion, but an experience, relationship with me. Can we pray together? Father, thank you for adopting me. I just feel like that little boy, just oblivious. Not realizing the price that had been paid so that I could be part of a family. Family of God. Family with an inheritance. And access to a father that's the king of kings and the lord of lords. And security that everything's going to be alright even in the difficulty. And security that I'm his son even on my worst day. Lord, that is overwhelming. And help me to embrace that today. I pray for these beautiful people that come to this place on a Mother's Day. We celebrate you. We thank you. We worship you, God.